helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 Weekdays on Vision Christian Radio. Coming up today on The Story. I just came back from a mission trip. Those of them who knew my dad and knew me as a small boy came forward, you know, I, I have a, a videotape of uh, their testimonies, each testifying to the fact that they received Jesus Christ through the ministry of my parents. Some of them, we have more than uh, seven to ten of them who are pastors now. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of fruit there. The Story. story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, last time we heard Samcon Gado from Nigeria share his remarkable story of overcoming million to one odds to become a professional gridiron player in the United States, while at the same time keeping his eye on his main goal of becoming a medical missionary. We heard also from his sister Ruth, who was also involved in ministry. It was great to hear how both of them are continuing their family's Christian heritage of serving the Lord. Now, where did that heritage come from? We'll find out today as Eric Scadabo chats with Samcon and Ruth's father, Jeremiah Gardo, who's also followed his parents' footsteps into ministry. Joining me on the telephone from Columbia, South Carolina, is Jeremiah Gatto, who is originally from Nigeria. Welcome to the program. Thank you. And how did you become a Christian in Nigeria? Uh, my parents uh, received Jesus Christ through the ministry of, uh, of some missionaries way, uh, way back in the 40s. So uh, I am a second-generation Christian, and... Um, they were called to a mission. Uh, they were one of the first set of uh, indigenous Nigerian missionaries to some tribe in uh, in northern Nigeria. They call it the Mada ethnic group. So uh, through the ministry of my parents, while they were uh, on their first mission, at their first mission station, uh, some things happened, some events happened that uh, I got separated early from them. Uh, for about three months, and it's during that period I um, uh, it dawned on me that uh, I'm not going to always have the protection of my parents. And uh, uh, having taught me the Word of God, I I uh, I started uh, seeking God earnestly in the new station that I was taken to as a child. I think I was about uh, between the age of five and six. So it was in the night that. Uh, you know, faced with the trauma of having been separated from my parents, I I cried all night and prayed to Jesus to uh, save me from going to hell, because the stories of hell and uh, Daniel in the lion's den and all the biblical stories that my parents taught me, when I was taken away from them, you know, I started playing them back into my mind, and uh, I said, "Well, if I don't get to see my parents, uh, that that's I felt the world caving on me. Mm. So that drove me to the arms of Jesus Christ. And then uh, in the night, I prayed earnestly, and Jesus appeared to me in a dream and uh, said, "It's okay, my son," with a smile. And ever since then, uh, I used to fear uh, death. Uh, I no longer fear death. Uh, the following morning, the fear of death had gone. And uh, of course, coming from the Evangelical Church of West Africa, one has to get up in the church and declare publicly that you 
you've now declared for Jesus Christ and uh, this happened some I think some years later on but I remember the very first night I knew that I was saved because uh, I received uh, the peace of, uh, of God in my heart uh, the following morning so that's how I became a Christian okay can we back up a little bit and find out how did your parents become Christians they received Jesus Christ through the ministry of uh, missionaries. And then your parents decided to become missionaries themselves? Well, because they, uh, they received Jesus Christ, they were taught by the local church. And then SIM started uh, the first indigenous missionary uh, society. And my parents were uh, recommended by my church, my home church, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, as one of those to be sent to other parts of Nigeria, to other ethnic groups of Nigeria to uh, to reach them out with the gospel. So they went to another area, and that is when you were they separated? Went to another, they went to another ethnic group uh, near Kefi. Kefi is in the present Nasarawa state. Okay, and can you tell us a little bit about their time as missionaries? Was it a profitable time for them? Very, very profitable. Uh, actually, I just came back from a mission trip last December visiting uh, the very first mission station. Today, there's a vibrant church and quite a number of people received Jesus Christ through their ministry. And so when I went back, you know, it was a moving moment. Uh, hmm. Uh, those of them who knew my dad and knew me as a small boy came forward, you know, I, I have a, a videotape of uh, their testimonies, each testifying to the fact that they received the, uh, Jesus Christ through the ministry of my parents. Some of them, we have more than uh, seven to ten of them who are pastors now. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of fruit there. Oh, that's fantastic. And have people in Nigeria been receptive to hearing the good news of Jesus Christ? Um, yes. Uh, most most uh, ethnic groups in Nigeria, particularly the ethnic groups apart from the apart from the house of Fulani, the reception of the gospel has been very, very good. Hmm. In 1985, there was an outbreak of the Holy Spirit, and so the Evangelical Church of West Africa had to ask for volunteers in churches to just go and uh, teach them uh, the Word of God. So, yeah, the reception of uh, the gospel in Nigeria has always been excellent. God has prepared Nigeria and Nigerians for a specific program around the world. Okay, and so your parents were... Missionaries to another tribal group in Nigeria. Right. right. And, and as you mentioned, that was tremendously successful, a lot of fruit from that ministry. Right. And now what about yourself? After you became a Christian, did you get involved in ministry in any way? Yes, I became a Christian, uh, you know, as when I was a child. So, of course, then I attended uh, a mission elementary school, what we call primary school. Mm-hmm. And uh, but uh, I became active in evangelism when I went to secondary school, uh, what you call high school. Mm-hmm. And then I went from there, um, the University ABU Zaria in 1975 to 1979, became very active in uh, evangelism and outreach uh, and missions. 
so that we formed a gospel team and uh, we went around villages around the university trying to reach people out with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I believe in my salvation was my call to ministry, was my call to reach out. Mm -hmm. And so from secondary school to, to the university or to college, was very, very active. And after, as I was about to graduate in 1970. Nine from ABU Zaria, Madabella University Zaria, I started seeking the face of God as what he wants me to do with my life. And so I was seeking God's face as I was about to graduate from the, from the college. And then uh, I think it was during a morning devotion, I read Acts twenty twenty four, where Paul says life to him is worth nothing unless he uses it to testify about God's mighty acts of love in Christ Jesus. I felt pricked in my heart by that verse, and I felt I would like to dedicate my life like that of Paul in, mm. in telling people about God's uh, grace. And so I wrote my denomination telling them what's happening in my heart and my desire. I, I wrote them to ask them to counsel me, you know, if they had any any advice for me. So the, I got an invitation to come and start a Bible college that my denomination was about to start a Bible college in 19, I believe, 1980. And that I was invited to come and help start that Bible college. So I accepted that invitation in 1980. I did this paid work. And hmm. uh, in 1981, the Bible school uh, was established. And today that Bible school is still there. So one of the three Bible colleges uh, that ECWA, the Evangelical Church of West Africa, has, they have turned it into uh, a theological college. And since then, it has been graduating uh, uh, pastors, teachers, and uh, missionaries all over the place. So mm -hmm. that's how I got saved. That's how I, from my salvation, God called me to a full-time ministry through the words of Paul in Acts 20:24. That's fantastic. And how did you come to the United States then? You see, I first came to the States in 1983. Uh, I got Billy Graham scholarship to go to Wheaton Graduate School. I attended Wheaton in 83, 84, and parts of 85. That was the first time I came here. I came here to be trained as, uh, you know, having been involved in theological education. So the first time I came was to get some training in, in theological education, which I got, got a Master's of Arts, uh, uh -huh. Christian Education in, uh, from Wheaton College, Wheaton Graduate School. Then I went back and continued, you know, serving as a, as a teacher and administrator of the Bible College. And mm -hmm. then in 1989, the Lord, uh, allowed me to uh, get scholarship uh, at Columbia Graduate School of Missions. I came in 1989, uh, actually 1990, and uh, started a doctor of ministry program there. And then uh, I went to Nigeria in 95 to do research when I, I was severely attacked and uh, nearly killed. So I came back to the States actually to recuperate. Hmm. And meanwhile, I approached my church here in the States to help me. Uh, I shared my vision with the, with the church. Uh, this is what I really want to do 
for the safety of my children. I would like my family to be here, but I would like to have the ability of going in and out of the United States to do ministry in Africa without the harassment of this uh, immigration, you know, because of visa, you know, entry. Mm-hmm. So my church uh, saw that with me and applied for the green card on behalf of the family. And I think 2001, it was approved. And ever since then, I have gone back and forth, went to Ghana in 2003, went to Nigeria. I've gone to Namibia and went back to Ghana, went back to Nigeria. So it sounds like your whole focus has been to spread the good news of Jesus Christ, first to your home country of Nigeria, but now to other parts of Africa. Yes, to other parts of Africa and here in the States too because uh, I believe that the United States is also a mission field. The mission field is everywhere. Mm-hmm. And while I, you know, I've not, we've not been sitting idle here in the States, we've been actively involved in, uh, in ministry to international students here in the States. Uh, you know, international students come from various countries and most mm-hmm. of uh, them come from countries that are close to the gospel. So our ministry is reaching out to international students. When they come to the States, they do not know their left and right. Mm. We try to uh, help them adjust. We just befriend them. We don't force the gospel through their throat. We just establish relationship with them and meet their physical needs. And uh, as the door opens, we share the gospel. You're listening to The Story. Our guest today is Jeremiah Gardo from Nigeria, who's the father of Sam Con and Ruth Gardo, who shared with us last time. As we heard, Jeremiah and his family originally came to the United States for his education and ended up ministering to international students. Also, he would take periodic ministry trips back to Nigeria. Next, we'll hear more of Jeremiah's story and how he felt about his son unexpectedly becoming a professional gridiron player. All that and more when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. Our guest today, Jeremiah Gardo, is from Nigeria. Before the break, he shared how he followed his parents' footsteps in a ministry and eventually moved to the United States with his family. Next, Jeremiah is going to share how he felt about his son, Samcon, getting involved in the American sport of gridiron and unexpectedly having tremendous success. His mother and I didn't like it because of the nature of the game. We felt it's uh, kind of brutal and very risky. Mm-hmm. There was uh, initially a hesitation. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I was away in, in Africa when he put pressure on his mom and <laughs> the mom finally gave him the go-ahead. Uh, uh, of course, you know, we talked about it and said, well, uh, that's what he wants, uh, even though we don't we wanted him to play soccer, but that's what he loves to do. So with fear and trepidation, we allowed him to go. He started playing for Berlipin, his high school, and then he was a standout, uh, you know, in Berlipin. And then uh, Liberty University recruited him, and uh, he played for Liberty. 
Okay, and that, of course, is the school that was started by Jerry Falwell, the Reverend Jerry Falwell. Right, right, right. And he had some success there as well? Yes, he had some success, but he wasn't exposed because he was recruited as a running back. But uh, There were two others before him. He was a third-string running back at Liberty. And so he didn't have a lot of playing time, just occasionally when those... Uh, in front of him got hurt that, that he got the chance to play and I think it was during one of those games that he replaced the first two because of injury that uh, exposed him and he had a very successful game he had a very successful game they beat uh, they beat a side they have never beaten in seven years mm. I was there at the, that game it was a tough game mm. so, you, uh, so you became an American well. football fan of course, you can, you can, you, as a parent, I had to, I had to. Yeah, I'm interested in sports because um, I played sports in, in, in my, during my school days, I ran for my school and played soccer for my town and, and uh, you know, so I'm, I'm interested in sports. As a father, did you think anything would ever come of this American football game for your son? No. You see, in uh, slightly uh, in, in high school, I saw how he performed, and I and through the coaches, I mean, from the comments the coaches gave about him, I started entertaining the idea that you know, you know, he could play professional football right from high school because he was a standout mm-hmm. uh, in the schools around us, particularly in uh, Berlin. is a uh, is an independent school. Uh, so among independent schools that they played, uh, he was a standout. So, and the coaches said, uh, Sam has the the talent, you know, to make it all the way. Uh, so from from the high school, we started entertaining the idea that it could be. But when he finished high school, the colleges that recruited him, none of them was um, was a household name. So we, we kind of gave up that, uh, you know, for him to make it, he had to go to a big school. Mm-hmm. And since he didn't go to a big school, that, that was it. And the program at uh, Liberty is nothing to write home about, you mm-hmm. know. Small school? It, it's a small school, and uh, the program wasn't, uh, I mean, it's still developing, you know. Mm-hmm. But a small school, you know, what can a small school do compared to, you know, schools with thousands and thousands of students? So. We gave up that, and uh, but he still nursed the idea. He kept himself in good shape until uh, you know things started falling in place. So each time he played, we prayed and fasted, and you know fasted for and prayed for all the players that they will have a good game, but that uh, there will be no season-ending injuries, no uh, no career-ending injuries. Mm-hmm. And that's what we always prayed for. So I kept in touch with uh, with my wife. And with him. And were you surprised Africa. the success that he had once he got a chance? Um, yes and no. Yes, because uh, at the rate, at the speed at which it happened, how things got, you know, it was so fast for us to believe. But we knew that if Sam had a chance, we knew that uh, deep down we knew that he, he had the talent and the ability, you know, all he needed was to just have the chance. Mm-hmm. 
but we never expected uh, at, uh, it was going to happen the way it did. Um, it was so too, too, too fast. Hmm. And of course, he got his uh, chance, as you mentioned. He uh, yeah. became the starting running back for the Green Bay Packers and set several rookie records for the team. Right. And, and how has life changed for Sam Khan? Oh, very much. So he sought after, you know, as a speaker, even after the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he cannot keep up with uh, speaking engagement uh, because uh, the Christian community would like to come and have him share his uh, his testimony and how the grace of God, you know, elevated him. Uh, it has changed his life uh, very much. So, of course, he's, help, he's able to, you know, um, afford a few things that he did not aff- couldn't afford. We couldn't afford for him. But uh, other than that. He remains himself, and the fame is, is, is there, but he's, he's making use of it as a platform to declare the, the grace of God and, and give glory to God for all that has happened. So he's been doing that, and it has helped, it has changed uh, us a lot uh, in, in terms of activities. We're involved uh, in speaking engagements here and there. So has made life very very busy mm. and he's easily you know recognized you know people pick him from you know in the stores and uh, of course in churches and, and what have you so activity wise it has uh, increased the tempo and it has given us a platform to continue to do what uh, we have been doing in the past Hmm. Now, when you first came to the United States, did you, in your wildest dreams, ever think something like this would happen, that your son would go on to be a big football star? No, no. Only God uh, knows, uh, knows the future. You know, we, we never expected anything like that. Hmm. It's, it's a total, uh, you know, it's the grace of God and... Uh, we didn't expect anything. It's beyond the wildest imagination of uh, for any parent, you know. Uh, so we didn't expect that it was going to be like this. Hmm. By no means, no, we did not. So life has changed a bit for the Gatto family. Yes, almost for everybody. Um, that's true. Uh, let me qualify that. We haven't changed uh, as to who we are mm-hmm. in terms of uh, what we do and our character. And we, we still remain, you know, uh, 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 missionaries and we still, we are down to earth. Uh, we are not going to allow this to get into our heads. We are just excited at uh, the opportunity that God has given this family to declare his glory. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Uh, my pleasure and privilege. Anytime. A wonderful God. That was Eric Scadabo chatting with Jeremiah Gardo from Nigeria. Once again, this interview was recorded several years ago, and last time we let you know that Jeremiah's son, Sam Cont, went on to fulfil his dream of becoming a doctor after he retired from being an American gridiron player. This time we have an update for Jeremiah, who has also gone on to have tremendous success. After several years of ministering to international students in the United States, Jeremiah eventually became the president of Evangelical Church Winning All, or ECW. 
WA, which is a Christian organisation with over 10,000 churches around the world and an estimated membership of around 10 to 15 million people. ECWA has a rich history of sending missionaries from the United States and Canada to plant churches in Nigeria. Dr Gardo was at the helm of affairs of ECWA for two consecutive terms and his service was climaxed with the commissioning of a Christian satellite television station. So it's great to hear that he's gone on to do wonderful things for the Lord. And to think it all started when he read Acts 20 verse 24 and the Lord tugged his heart to be like the Apostle Paul when he said, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. And Jeremiah Gardo has certainly done that. Well, thanks for joining us for Jeremiah's Story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. The Story. The story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. 